Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone to talk about I, Claudius. We're going to talk about episode 10, Fool's Luck. This is the the last three episodes of I, Claudius, and these are the Claudius episodes. So these are the ones that are uh, are, are based on the second book in, in the I, Claudius series. And, uh, and so, Adam, uh, you know, before, well, first off, before we get into it, I do want to say uh, people should go out and check out The House of Paper Shadows, which is a book that I put out for Wandering Heroes of Ogregate. It's available on RPG Now. It's available in print. It's a really great Halloween adventure, and I think people who listen to this channel will probably like it. Uh, and also, the, uh, the episode that we watched, it's essentially about uh, Claudius becoming emperor and the machinations of his wife, Messalina, who we slowly learn is, is, is not such a good person. Um, you know, and, and so, and there's other stuff that's going on. We'll get into it. Uh, but Adam, what was your reaction to this episode? It's an interesting episode because there's a lot of things that are echoes the things that happened earlier. I mean, in some ways you could say it's repeating itself, but it repeats itself in ways that have different connotations. I mean, we have the whole thing with Messalina making the accusation which, you know, we saw earlier a similar thing happen and Augustus, you know, bought it, even though it wasn't true. And here we have Claudius buying it. It's kind of interesting because, you know, it's, it's you know, when it happened the first time around, it was Claudius's best friend who he would never doubt, you know, being accused. And here, here we have Claudius doing the exact yeah. same thing. And, and, uh, and the guy even looks a lot like his friend. He looks a yeah, lot, he that. kind of resembles Postumus a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and in fact, uh, and, and it's Apius Solanus is the guy who gets framed by Messalina. He, uh, he says he even says we've we've all seen this play before. Don't make us yes. sit through it again. <laughs> exactly. And you're right. They they do they do pretty much lampshade it right there. Well, and what's interesting to me about that character is we've been talking about how there are no more lions in Rome, and he's the like last lion that we forgot yes. about who's been hidden away in Spain as governor all this time. And he comes back and he gives this big speech about how uh, he visited a dying friend, and the friend said, "Ah, alas, I've been summoned to Rome." And <laughs> and the point of the story is, being summoned to Rome has become a euphemism for "I'm dying." And so he uses that to say, you know, let's never allow that to happen again. Let's, you know, let's let's embrace a, a republic. And and it's at that moment when Claudius is announced as uh, having been declared emperor by the Praetorian Guard. And and so uh, so so right off the bat, this guy is kind of. He's kind of enemies of, of Claudius in a way from the outset, but then Claudius yeah. ends up bringing him into the fold. And initially he, you know, it seems like he might be won over, but then, you know, Messalina's dealings and <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it, and, and like you say, it all kind of, it all kind of, uh, echoes the stuff that happened before. It's, it's a, uh, and so I guess we could probably talk about it scene by yeah. scene. Um, and I sure. guess, I, I guess so. So just to sort of get this part out of the way, there is the whole portion of the episode where Claudius is reluctant to even be emperor, and they have to convince him to, to accept yeah. the the role. And and it's kind of interesting having him, uh, 
you know, deal with the Praetorian Guard, and the Praetorians just kind of, it's just a very practical thing. They have this, you know, they have 4,000 men who need to be employed, and if, and if they're disbanded, they'll just be unleashed on the city doing God knows what. And so that's really the driving force that, that gets him on the throne in the first place. And, and then he has to persuade the senators that he's not half-witted, that he's capable of ruling, and, and, he's, and, he's, and, he's, and through this, he's being advised by Herod, who returns at, yeah. the, you know, at the crucial moment to, to advise him, and then remains there until the end of the episode, or three-quarters of the way through the episode, uh, and, and departs with giving him some useful advice. But he, he, uh, he persuades the Senate, and then we flash forward a year, and this is when we sort of get into the meat of the story of, of this, this episode, where uh, he, he's, he's showing his newborn child to the people of Rome, and Messalina immediately says, you know, she wants a wet nurse, and she starts talking about all the things that she's done for him. And, and he, you know, and, and it's a very impressive list. She's clearly an intelligent mm-hmm. person. Uh, but then she says to him, I want to be, you know, do you find me uh, useful as Livia was to Augustus? And he gets this look in his eyes, like you were saying, you know, he's just kind of, yeah. Uh, well, once again, it's, it, it is going back to the echoing the past thing. It's like Messalina's role model is Livia, you know, and she, she is, she she is she is no Livia, but she really she really works hard at trying to to be the new Livia in yeah. her own way. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because in many ways she's more despicable than Livia, but she's just not as competent, and she's not her she's not driven by nearly as lofty ideals as Livia seems to be. Like Livia, at least, is either motivated by a selfish interest in her family line. Or, or, uh, or if you're being generous, you know, out of an interest in preserving the 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 unity of Rome. Um, but Messalina's her, the only motivation we really see is her desire to uh, to be with this guy that she fell in love with when she was a child. It's yeah. not it's not the sort of thing yeah. that Livia would have ever done. Um, yeah, exactly. You can't. There's. I mean, it's debatable how admirable anything Livia did was, but this is just really, really weak. <laughs> it's uh, it's just kind of embarrassing when you look at it. And and what we discover is the man who she was in love with was Apius Solanus, and so she she and it's a pretty brilliant mm-hmm. maneuver. She does all this stuff in order to get Apius Solanus married to her mother, so that she can be in like a room next to her because she 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 lays all the groundwork exquisitely. She tells Claudius uh, that that she wants to sleep in a separate room because she doesn't want to be tempted and have another child with him in you know so soon, and and then she basically sets it up so that she can have access to this guy. But then when she propositions him and, uh, and she does it in a way that really paints Claudius in a bad light, he rebuffs her very sternly. And, and she just flies off the deep end. Like she, 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 she pulls a sort of, do you know who I am type thing? And, yeah. uh, and, and, and also it's important to remember, I think Messalina is supposed to be quite young. Yes, point. I was about to say, I, I don't think they've mentioned her age in the previous episode, but the her age gets brought up here. And I, I can't remember, she's like a teenager, and it's like, uh, it, it explains so much about, about her behavior in this episode. It's like, because the actress reads older than the age they give, but it's like, when you, when you think about someone who's genuinely the age she is, it's like, okay, okay, I get it. <laughs> 
and uh and also before um before any of this happens he does get warned by Herod who's going to depart Herod, Herod he and Messalina are having uh some kind of uh dinner together and and when Messalina leaves he uh he says to 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 Claudius trust no one not your wife yeah. not your kid you know not your friend not your most trusted freeman and Claudius looks at him and says not even you and we you know we kind of know that that's going to lead to something down the line cuz uh, Herod has a look in his eye uh that is not that is ominous uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But at least at this moment, it feels like he's trying to give Claudius some real advice. Uh, oh, and, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh, and so. So anyways, what but when, what what all this leads to is Apius Solanus, because he thinks that Messalina is doing all of this at the direction of Claudius, who she's, you know, she said to Apius is a. Uh, um is just a degenerate like Tiberius basically. And that he's, you know, he, he, he's trying to arrange this all for his own amusement, essentially. Uh, Apius Solanus tries to kill him when they're looking at plans, I think to rebuild Ostia Harbor or something, um, yeah. or to build up Ostia Harbor. There's, there's plans to, to make it a proper Harbor. And, uh, and, and Apius Solanus tries to, to assassinate him. Uh, and it, it, it's probably one of the sloppier scenes, in my opinion, in the show when Claudius just kind of points backwards, and that's what deflects the dagger at the last yeah. moment. <laughs> it's uh, not a not, not great fight choreography. Yeah. No, it's very seventies. It, it, it was passable in the seventies for sure, but it's up there with the thing where the guy the guy puts up his arm and punches the the guy who's got the gun and runs away. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of fight choreography. Um, yeah. but uh, but. But this is, and at this, and then Apius Solanus says to Claudius, you know, you know, like Claudius is like, why I've I let you marry this this beautiful woman? I brought you into the palace. I've treated you so well, mm-hmm. and he's just like tyrant. You know, he 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 is, uh, he, he he's furious at um, at Claudius, and uh, and and then this is the scene where he 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 basically he delivers the line I was talking about. You know, we've seen this play before. But he accuses Claudius of of bringing him into service his wife like a bull, and Claudius is not happy with this yeah. accusation. Um, well, yeah, the interesting thing in this scene too is that you know there's part of you that wants them to figure everything out, you know. But the thing is, because because there's been an actual assassination attempt, there's like there's no way. I mean, even if even if everybody figured out everything that was really happening, it's like he's committed this unforgivable act, which, which you know, I mean, it just puts an extra weight on the whole scene. Which, which Palis does. Palis, the advisor. The t- we, we need to talk about them at a later point in the, this episode, but but Palis mm-hmm. says he has to die. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and and so, but but what what ends up happening is is Claudius obviously doesn't believe it because he's blinded by it. like Claudius is more blinded by love than Augustus was but it's the same it's the mm, same yeah. character flaw it's the exact same character flaw um, and and Claudius is just a little bit more susceptible I think because he's never been the recipient of that kind of affection before um, yeah. and so he brings in Messalina who number one tells her mother you have to say you have to like <laughs> verify everything I say and the mother wilts and says okay basically the mother's not a the mother's sort of a basically a good person but not a strong person and and yeah, goes she's along. utterly horrified when she realizes realizes what's going on yeah 
but she just understands the reality that there's not much she can do in this situation. And so, yeah. you know, she's like a lot of people in the show. She just bends with it. Um, and so Messalina appears before Apius Solanus and he repeats what he said to Claudius. And then she just, it's just like an act. It's a performance. And, and Apius Solanus even says something like that should be enshrined in drama. But she, she says, oh, Solanus, how could you? And then she says, he is sick with love for me, my dear. And yeah. she goes on and says that, you know, it's basically that basically he had made some threat to kill Claudius in a jealous rage, but she didn't think it was real. And when they ask her mother, she says, yes, his, you know, he's blind. He's, he's, he, he's maddened by love for her or something. And uh, and that's when uh, Pelas says he has to die, and then Messalina freaks out because she's really in love with this guy. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and 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 so it all the 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 plan just totally blows up in her face. Um, and yeah, yeah, that 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 is another interesting aspect of it because you know you know comparing her to Livia, it's not like her plan was to get Apius executed. That was yeah. not her plan at all. It's just it was just such a everything everything goes wrong in every direction with this this whole plan of hers and 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 and, and with claudius i think she suspected that she would be able to persuade him because she's like no just banish him we don't need to kill him and, yeah and and then Pan is like no he's he has to die and claudia it's like the one area where claudius probably cannot be persuaded by messalina in this in this like just very obvious matter of state where there, there's a clear outcome that has to has to emerge from this, and Claudius even says the heart cannot rule the head in these matters, which is you know a little bit ironic given yes. <laughs> given what's going on. Yes. Uh, but uh, but and and they take Solanus away to be killed, and Messalina just gives him the worst death stare of all time. It's just uh, it's just a it's just a, a pouty rage filled expression that. It is completely unhinged. It's not. It's not like like if if with Livia you at least had a sense that it would all be rational and play out in a reasonable way. With Messalina, yeah. you realize it's just this well of 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 deep emotion that is going to play out, and 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 it's 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 it's, it's very alarming when you see that when, when I the first time I ever saw the show, I don't think I even noticed it, but then in hindsight when you know what's coming down the road and you see that look on her face it explains everything that unfolds in the next you know? <laughs> yeah well, it's, it's interesting because i mean that that is her uh, i guess flaw is because i mean you know livia never struck me as the type to go to a lot of trouble to arrange some affair with somebody but if she were and she were rebuffed she would she would take it coolly whereas messalina when she's rebuffed she just goes insane you know which is what yeah. what which is what comes up with all these crazy stories she's telling which is what leads to the assassination attempt i well, mean she set that in motion with her with with just her hateful reaction to being rebuffed you know who she reminds me of is lavilla probably she's she's closer uh, to lavilla yes. In, yes. in that, like, even the way that she gets angry, and and sort of the things that seem to motivate her, it, it, and in some ways it makes her a little more sympathetic than Livia because she's at least motivated by genuine love for this guy. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's now she's crazy and and she <laughs> behaves in in a crazed way around all that, but it's a uh, it's like a genuine emotion that's 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 like that's human. And and Livia yeah, was kind I, of I don't know if the emotion I call is quite love, but yeah, I mean, well, she's it's obsession. 
it's obsession. It's a, yeah, obsession. It's obsession. But 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 I mean, it's it's the kind of emotion that Livia would never have even deemed worthy of her. No, you know, no, um, she, exactly. That's why the whole she never would have made that move in the first place. But if she did make that move, she wouldn't have lost control when she was, you know, when she was talking to the guy. And and, but, and I uh, mean, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was done. I was oh. done. No, because if people who don't who haven't seen the episode, the, the expression on Messalina's face when all this is happening is just it is. It, I can't even describe it. It's like it's like yeah. it's like water watching ice shatter. It's this. It's this like uh, she just is shaking and and just has this mad look in her eye and 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 all of her all of her anger just floods her body. She's just she's just. Uh, and 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 it's sort of it's one of these mo- like there's a moment in this episode where you where you realize the 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 effect power has had on Claudius when he when he gets angry at Solanus, and this is a moment where you see the effect that power has on Messalina, and and you almost wonder well how bad would she really be if she was just a normal Roman woman who wasn't wielding all this power? Is this is this yeah. because she's crazed and evil, or is it is it just that are we just witnessing what power does to people? when they have these flaws that that are allowed to just go completely off the rails because anything and everything they want is is happens yeah and and as you mentioned she's really young too it's like getting getting all that power at that age it's like you know it's the classic child star syndrome you know it's it's like people that young are not supposed to uh, be in a position of power it's dangerous and and ultimately it really is Claudius's fault because I mean not that she's blameless sure. but 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 it's it's his fault that like he's allowing all this to happen and and it's and it's and it's becoming this thing that that sets the tone of all of the bad stuff that follows in his reign you know like like a guy like again we should talk about Palus and Narcissus because they're two very important characters that we see over the course of these three episodes I think Narcissus might depart by the third but but they're the two freemen who are like his advisors basically I think and and uh and Palus is like a a sophist and Narcissus is kind of more of a um he he he's he seems to have the best interest of Rome in mind um but a guy like Palus only thrives because of the situation with people like Messalina in the in the in the uh in the palace do you know what i mean like like he's sort of sensing the loss of control that's going on and and he thrives in the chaos that that creates i think and, yeah and narcissus is sort of a by the book to, you know almost a nerdy type character who who plays by the rules there's this scene where they're talking about the um uh uh the harbor and the uh and 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 the plans to and I thought no, I forget what it was. There, there there are plans that they don't want built because it's going to affect the price of corn, and they both have money in corn, and yes. and, and 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 so you know, Payless basically says, look, let's just exaggerate all the prices so that this thing doesn't get built, and then and then you know our our our, our investments will all be secure and. Yeah. And Narcissus says, you know, well, somebody could construe that as is 
is is quite greedy. You know, people people will want the prices of corn to be low so that they can eat. And he says, well, doesn't that just make for more greed? You know, yeah, and, more people wanting something is greedier yeah. than just enriching the few. Yeah. I mean, come it, on, that's just logic. And it's just the it's just the <laughs> perfect example of sophistry. And it and the, is. and the way the guy delivers it is so smooth. Like it's just so he. He, he's just so confident in his conclusion when he utters it, um, yeah. and the other guy is so baffled that. Uh, it, and, and I just I love the I love the interplay between these two characters, and I love the yeah. two points of view that they represent in the series. Um, it's it's a good scene because it sets up Claudius. He just sees through the whole thing. It's yeah. just like he, he just it's just it's a it's a, a great great moment for him where you see oh he's he's really competent <laughs> yeah no that that's where you really see like uh, he, he he you know he he's he's got all the numbers figured out and he and he basically he doesn't he doesn't say that like he knows it's them but he knows that people that are in corn are involved and yes and and, and they're like and then he and he says so you know give me some new estimates and then he says and we're going to have the corn suppliers pay for this whole thing and yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and his whole and his and his and his reasoning there is really solid he basically says look I'm not going to investigate what is obviously like a you know some kind of corruption going on around corn, and in exchange they're gonna they're gonna pay for this project, and so uh, yeah. it, it it was quite perfect. Um, and and again, it would have been the moment had Messalina not been mucking all this up, it would have been the moment where Solanus would have realized how competent Claudius was. Yeah, I know, I know, it's. And, uh... It is, yeah, I mean, Slaughter is just just distracted and concerned with assassinating him rather than even paying attention. But yeah, it's uh, it is it is it exactly it's a uh, it's a moment that should have uh, should have uh, worked very well. But uh, yeah, I, I but it, no, it's it's a fantastic scene for that reason, and uh, and of course it's it's good because it. I feel it's nice you get a balance of Claudius in this. You get to see him being very competent before the following scene where you get to see him being completely fooled. <laughs> so, you know, without that, he would look much worse in this episode. Yeah, no, I, I think we did get a very good balance with him. And, and again, it, it really, it really, you know, works well in the overall series where, they're, I mean, they're not making any effort to conceal that they're connecting this to the reign of Augustus, and mm-hmm. and it's kind of got like a poetic rhyme to it that that's nice, uh, but also different. It's not the same stuff over and over again. It's it's yeah. it's it's it's, yeah. it's 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 different enough that it's equally entertaining. Um, what did you think of the Greek doctor scene where Claudius goes to the doctor? Uh, uh, I, yeah, I like the Greek doctor scene. I, I like I like these little. Uh, little odd digressions the show takes from time to time. Kind of like the scene with the printer where Claudius goes yeah. to the printer. It's that kind of a scene. It just, it, it, I don't, I can't think of anything the doctor scene actually added to the plot, but I really, it just, it just worked. It really added something to the show. I feel like they insert one of these every episode or two. And I feel like the purpose of them is to help establish the world that yes. Claudius lives in because him yes. going to that printer that's a really important scene just in terms of understanding what kind of world Claudius lives in and uh-huh. you don't you don't get that if he's always in the palace and always on the steps of the senate or something or always in the library and I felt the same thing here you got a sense number one of the ro- the difference the cultural difference that the, the show is trying to present between Romans and Greeks 
and yes. and uh, and and how you know Claudius is expecting there to be prayers that he's supposed to say along with the medicine, and you know, mm-hmm. and the and the the Greek doctor is just very sort of you know uh, you know much more logical in his approach to these things. And, yeah, and he just he just picks a very common herb or something that he can take for it. It's like here, that's all you need. That's it. Yeah, he's not going to sell him some some expensive novelty medicine or anything. And and I love his arrogance. You know, he sits down in the chair and yes. Claudius is trying to sit down in it, and he's just he's just he's he's at the you know if he had done this with Caligula, he would have been dead in two seconds. And 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 I I get the impression that this doctor would have behaved that way regardless of which emperor he was appearing before. He would have, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say how he would have uh, interacted with Caligula. I, I uh, because he, he might have he might have ended up dead, or Caligula might have been so so amazed yeah. this, that it, it might have entertained him. It, <laughs> yeah, could, could, it, it could see it going either way. Yeah, Caligula really could go either way in that respect. Um, but it, but it, but it just is. It was just a very charming scene, and and mm-hmm. I thought that it it worked quite nicely. Um, so, I mean, obviously, we haven't gotten to the the apex of the Messalina plot yet. So, answer this question with a grain, with a you know, with with that in mind. But, uh, you know, what if if you who would you rather be married to? Would you rather be married to Messalina or to Livia? Like in terms of your, oh, thinking of your own personal safety, not in terms of who's who would be a better wife, but like who's who's more of a danger to you as a as a protagonist, Messalina or Livia? Uh, I think, I think, I think Messalina is the bigger danger because she's not operating for reason. I mean, Augustus got himself killed because he saw what Livy was up to, didn't like it, and he rejected her mm-hmm. and was shutting her out. You know, which, you know, I mean, obviously, Augustus could have been more clever in the way he shut her out. He shut her out, but he didn't. He didn't in any way reduce her power in the yeah. process, which is what what got him killed. Uh, with Messalina, I I don't know that there's any sure way. I mean, if she's if she's out to murder you, it might be for some reason you could never understand, and you might never know it. Whereas, yeah, yeah I, I, Livia would be the safer choice. Yeah, I I I would agree with that. I think I think I think Livia. I would at least I, I would feel bad if Messalina killed me. I'd feel less bad if Livia killed me. Do you know what I mean? In that final <laughs> moment, it would it's at least like being done in by a master chess player. Do you know what I mean? It's a, uh, it's uh, no no shame in getting beaten by the best. <laughs> but but if Messalina kills you, it's more like somebody impaled you with the king in a tantrum and flipped over the board. Do you know what I mean? It's just a yeah. It's a it's a, it's, a, it's an unfair kill. So but but yeah i don't know any uh any other thoughts on the show before we uh before we wrap it up uh i i gotten all my major points out yeah unless you've got any more talking points i think i'm done i mean the only the only thing i have to comment on is just how how the actors are aging in this show um the makeup's not always 100 percent convincing but the actors i find are incredibly convincing in terms of I almost like I feel like sad at how old Claudius looks, even though yeah. the actor's quite young at this point in his life. Do you know what I, mean? <laughs> I know, and, I know he's, or he's actually old now. Yeah. But uh, the, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. The aging in this show is fantastic, and the makeup. I give the makeup a big pass from the standpoint that this 
this show was never meant to be watched in high definition. Yeah, it was a TV show from the 70s. Yeah. It's like we should be watching it on a cathode ray tube television with rabbit ears. That's yeah. how we should be watching it. Yeah, yeah. It's, the- uh, it should not just not just be low resolution. It should be a fuzzy reception you need to adjust every now and then. I mean, even <laughs> even Lord of the Rings wasn't really meant to be watched in high definitions. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, like, exactly. It, it's a um, it's a du- du- high high definition is a true double edged sword when it comes to to movies, and it can really strip it of that that mist that you need between the viewer and the and what's going on on the screen yeah. and and uh and I I, I would I would agree with you about the makeup. Also, it's like a you know it's like a um well like a BBC drama, right? So it's not exactly well, yeah, it's not it's meant not to a... be uh you know in the mid 70s so the, I, I think the makeup is quite good for the time it's just that you can see through the makeup but but the performances i find hold up really well despite that um, yeah i suspect too that like a lot of the makeup people that worked on this you know london being a big theater city they may be you know if, if you had the same makeup on a stage if you were going and seeing a live play this would be fantastic makeup if you're sitting in the audience watching these people on a stage well but, and, uh, and apparently the makeup was very uncomfortable for the actors from what i, I, I bet, you know, I bet. Uh, <laughs> yeah for it's it's pretty much like doing one of those science fiction shows as far as the level of makeup they have to wear but uh yeah i mean if we're talking about aging of actors too i have to jump back too to Tiberius. I'm I'm uh, unfortunately completely blanking on the actor's name that played Tiberius, but the uh, the aging of his character over the course of the show was 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 incredible. That that that's something that leapt out at me this time watching it. But I didn't appreciate as much on previous views. But his uh his his kind of character arc as he ages was brilliant. And uh, yeah, and the, the name of the actor is George Baker, but I would I would agree Baker, with you. Yes. He does a very excellent job. Like even that final scene where he's supposed to have had a stroke, he you know, he's really <laughs> he's really on point when he's asking for his beef. And uh, yes. I think everybody does a good job with it. I, I can't think of an actor who really drops the ball with the aging. You know, Herod did a good job. Um, yeah. Call, you know, uh, I should probably call them by the 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 name of the actor. I think his his name is James Faulkner, the guy who plays Herod. And uh, and Derek Derek Jacoby, uh, you know, uh, they, you know they they all, you know, did excellent excellent jobs. Um, yeah. But but in this episode, I was noticing it. I think because there's like really only two people left now from that period, and so you're really paying a lot of attention to them. And mm-hmm. and in that scene where it's her- just Herod and Claudius, you know, like Herod, the guy who plays Herod is a really young guy. Like in, when he appears early in the show. He's like yeah. a, he's like a young, vibrant person, and and here he just you can you know you feel the weight of age on him, and uh, and some of it's the costuming and the beard, but a lot of it is just the the it, way the he performance. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 he is really bringing something there. And yeah, I mean, just the, just the you know the, the the scenes with Herod and Claudius are fantastic in this episode. I mean, you really feel that they are these lifelong friends i mean it, it's it that, that's another thing along with the aging of the people the aging of the relationships in the show yeah. is a is a very 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 well well uh, performed thing no he he's a great character i mean he's 
possibly one of the best characters in the show. Like, you know, yeah. he's, he's, you know, he, he, the only reason he isn't is because there are so many good villains in, in the series and villains always get, to, you know, the top <laughs> billing in my mind. But, uh, but, 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 but he's the character that you, you so want him to stay to the end and you so want what ends up happening with him. You'd so don't want to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, I still like the way that they resolve it, but 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 you really wish that Herod would stay by his side this whole episode or the whole show, and I think that speaks volumes about the quality of the show because I don't normally. I mean, like it's I am a pretty cynical person. I think I don't tend to really get that deeply connected to the characters in a in a TV show, and uh, and this show does a good job of getting you to care about the characters and really mm-hmm. really rooting for them. Um, and and again, I think it's because it's it's it, it, it's 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 so it, it it does this thing that's very hard to do, which is it's very character driven, it's very intimate, but it doesn't ever bore you. You, you you're always interested, and yeah. and uh, and and so you know over the course of the series, you 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 were you 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 become a, a, an ally of Claudius, and you want to see him succeed. And it's like a genuine thing. It's not, ah, he's the protagonist, so I want him to, to succeed. It's, no, I like this guy. I really like this guy, and I want him to, I want him to, uh, I want him to, you know, uh, you know, see it through well to the end. And, uh, and so I, I think that's, you know, one of the things that really helps you make the show work like that. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, it's, uh, you know, we got two episodes left, so uh, it's, it's you know, <laughs> kind of sad. I'm kind of glad that we missed a few episodes because they're not episodes of I Claudius, but we missed a few of our episodes. So we've kind of had to uh, lay it out longer and, you know, it's staggered. Yeah. Yeah. It's grown a bit. I I ended up watching this episode twice too, because we were supposed to do it at an earlier date. I watched again and I was like, Oh, I better, better give this one more watch. It's been so long now. Yeah, I did. I I got to savor this episode a little more. And I have to say, I'm really looking forward to next episode. It's kind of a wild episode. It, it sort of harkens a little bit back to the Caligula days, I think. Um, yeah, but but yeah. again, it's 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 just, I don't know. You, you, people will see when we talk about it. You but again, <laughs> if uh, if you haven't seen I Claudius, number one, I don't think anybody who hasn't would be listening this deep into the podcast. That, but that would be strange. Yeah. yeah. But our, 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 yeah, unless you think our telling the story to you is better than the, the, the actual show, which I would think you were insane, but yeah, if you're, if you're a total weirdo and you haven't seen I Claudius <laughs> yet, but you're somehow still listening to us, uh, you know, go, go check it out on, um, uh, on Amazon. They have it streaming there. You, you have to, no, you would Acorn, have to buy Acorn has it. Acorn has it, but 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 you can what you can buy the episodes. Oh, you, you can want. buy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you yes. want to watch it streaming, like as a subscription service, it's on Acorn. But yeah, you yeah. can also yeah. So you can. You will have to purchase the episodes, and normally we try to do things that are only available for streaming, so that people can watch them. But this is something where I think it's really worth the purchase. Buy one episode. Yeah. Buy one episode and then... Here's the advice that people listening can actually use. If you're listening to this and you haven't watched it in a long time, just watch it again. You will not not regret giving this another fresh viewing because you'll you'll see more stuff in it. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, So, all right. So so we're going to head out and uh, people should check out the uh, Long Road to Gallantry discussion that we had last night. We watched a Karahoi movie. And next week... On Wusha Weekend, we are going to do Black Magic, which uh, mm. is 
so the whole <laughs> the whole month the theme is black magic we're going to do like all kinds of you know scary stuff for halloween month and black magic it's not usha obviously it's set in a modern period it's uh it's kind of a you know it's like a horror movie but it's a really good horror movie and it stars a lot of great a- actors who are known for for wuxia roles and it's and it's a shaw brothers film so uh so we're going to do that and then we're probably going to follow it up with uh black magic 2 we wanted to do boxer's omen this month and we wanted to do killer snakes and unfortunately uh we're not going to be able to do those because they're not available on streaming and it was going to be too expensive for us to get copies for everybody so instead we're going to do some other films um hopefully down the road we'll be able to get to those movies because i would like to um so if you want to see us talk about movies like that, go to our Patreon page and support us, and that'll help us to cover the costs of getting these kinds of films for everybody. So, all right, we will uh, let you go, and we will talk to you later. 